Welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Leaps and Bounds. I'm your host, Tom Bash, and I'm thrilled to be bringing you conversations with some of the most successful CEOs, sales leaders, and home improvement professionals. When I started in this industry 20 years ago, tearing off roofs, I had no idea about what went into making a home improvement business successful. Now, having met with thousands of contractors, helping them adopt technology, and watching them grow, I'm excited to invite them on to share what's made them successful, what they're doing today to stay ahead of their competition, and the advice they have for others. My guest today is Ross Cochran, owner of Cochran Exteriors out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Ross started the business with his father, John, 11 years ago, and has seen it grow to 50 employees and around $20 million in annual revenue. Two contributing factors to their success, building a strong culture and the early adoption of technology. On this episode, we'll dive into how he got started, what challenges they've overcome, and how they're continuing to exceed customer expectations. Let's get this show started. Hey, Ross, how are you? Hey, Tom, I'm, I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Love having you on. Uh, I, I'd love for you to, to give everybody an, uh, a brief introduction of, of who Ross Cochran is and, and then maybe an intro to, to you know, what Cochran Exteriors does. Sure. Uh, yeah, Ross Cochran, I've uh, been in business uh, for 11 years now. Um, I partnered with my uh, father um, 11 years ago. Um, I was freshly, you know, out of school. Um, I was actually working outside of the roofing industry and home, home remodeling industry. Uh, you know, had to get my first job uh, with my <laughs> college degree, uh, but quickly found out that I loved the roofing industry, the home, home improvement industry, came back in, partnered with my father, and um, we're, we're in it 11 years. Wow. Um, so Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, is where we've I've been born and raised, and and uh, where our company is located. Um, so it's pretty neat that we've got uh, I've got a great relationship uh, with my father, and and we're, we've been able to work together, um, use each other's strengths and weaknesses to be able to uh, build something, um, you know, that's that's going to be uh, something that will hopefully last for generations to come. So it's pretty neat. That's awesome. What's it like working with your father? Even starting a business with him. Uh, you know, we have a, we have a unique relationship. Um, you know, that the things that I don't like to do, he loves to do, um, and vice versa. So it's really uh yin and yang. Um, we get along very well. Uh, we, we look at it as, you know, we're, we are very, um, fortunate to be able to go out to lunch with each other, like two or three times a week to be able to sit in and, and have discussions and bounce ideas you know, off of each other. And, uh, it works really well for us. Um, and I've really enjoyed it. I feel very fortunate to be able to, you know, work so closely uh, with family and being, being somebody that is your, your business partner and someone you can trust as well is, is just, uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. Now, now you didn't, you didn't go to school for this, right? So you went to school, I think what for marketing? Yeah, I, I went to school for marketing. Yeah. I, I, um, I have construction in my blood. All my uncles, everyone, you know, is, is uh, in the construction industry. But um, I went to school. I was more focused in on uh, marketing and a, a sales minor um, and just quickly found myself um, gravita- gravitating towards the construction industry. I had a couple of internships uh, with some roofing contractors, siding contractors throughout college, um, learning, learning that 
that side of the business uh, while going to school, um, you know, making some great money uh, for for a couple months out of the summer and then going back to school, getting a taste for it. And that's what really uh, led me into uh, the, the career path that I, I knew I wanted to go into and and um, and venture into. Yeah, awesome. I, I you know, I think your marketing uh, background really stands out in, in, in a lot of what you guys do. I know, um, for those not familiar and, and those that haven't, don't live in that Indianapolis area, I mean, that the building you have there on the side of the highway is, is very visible <laughs> to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. passing motorists. Uh, so you've done a really good job of the branding. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you know, a lot of thought and thought went into that, um, as far as, you know, the, the branding and, you know, it's, it's really not just the yard sign or, or a uh, wrapped vehicle. I mean, there's, uh, you know, so much, so much that goes into the full circle branding. Um, you know, we've been really strong at uh, having a good foundation for a brand that we can build off of. Um, you know, you mentioned our facility. It sits right on the highway uh, on I-69, which is the busiest highway in Indiana. Uh, we have 155,000 cars that pass by our office every single day. Um, you know, so that's, that goes into, um, you know, a lot of that branding and, and getting our name out there and, uh, you know, customers seeing, seeing that brand, if it's on a a digital ad, uh, you know, on, on a Google ad, if it's, uh, you know, something that they, they see our truck driving down the highway or they say our office, or they see a neighbor that has our yard sign. So it's that full circle branding that's really, um, coming together and it's really neat to see it that's great so what are you doing uh you know what are you doing today that um you know you've learned over these years as compared to you know back when 10 11 years ago when you were just getting started sure i mean yeah i guess you know when we were just getting started um you know something that we were doing is we were just trying out a lot of different type of uh marketing channels and you know seeing a little bit of um you know what worked and what didn't uh, but back then, um, you know, we didn't have, we were just getting set up, you know, so we didn't really have the systems in, in place to really be tracking our, our uh, leads and, and, and having data behind those so that we can analyze, you know, what's working, what's not, what's our, you know, ROI, what, what should we invest more in if it's um, working really well. So, you know, uh, from a marketing perspective, um, we've really uh, grown as an organization and, um, been utilizing uh, a lot of data to make decisions, which is, I think is something, you know, very important for, you know, a smaller contractor or contractors just getting started. I think that that's something that um, we could have done a better job at um, knowing that, you know, our, our dollars being spent are being spent really well, you know, from a marketing perspective, but from a majority of things, um, since we track everything and analyze so much data, um, a majority of our, of our marketing efforts are digital. Um, you know, so that we can uh, know exactly what phone number that rang from or what ad that was, um, you know, that is working or, or that lead generator um, so that we can know exactly what our result is from it, um, opposed to, say, a billboard or, say, a uh, you know, TV ad where tracking it's not as, as easy to do. So for us, uh, what works for us is having that uh, visibility and tracking. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What um, what are you doing from a content perspective? What kind of content are you putting out there? Uh, yeah, from a content perspective, um, you know, we're we're trying to keep things you know fresh and and engaging, you know, to our to our potential um, customers and audience. 
Um, we are doing a lot of uh, uh, video um, and trying to get that out, uh, showing people, you know, our facility, um, bringing, bringing people virtually into our office since, you know, during COVID, it's kind of, you know, more difficult to do that these days. Um, you know, really trying to highlight that um, we're, we're not your uh, typical contractor is really what we're trying to get across that, you know, level of professionalism is, is higher um, and that our attention to detail is there as far as training, as far as um, uh, uh, any kind of quality control measures that we put in place. Like we have a training deck in the back of our facility. So we, we like to try to highlight those things and push that content out to our customers so they know that we're doing things above and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, I know we t- touched about the facility earlier, but that is a really great facility and a great training room. Um, so it's, it's probably uh, really beneficial to show off those, those, you know, those aspects along with, uh, you know, the, the uh, space you have in back with the, with the actual roof. Do you ever use that, that kind of stuff in promotional material or any kind of content? Yeah. I mean, um, we have a full training deck. It's um, basically a mock roof of, all the different components that would be be on a uh, on a home. So it has pipe jacks, it has exhaust caps, it has chimney flashing, it has roof to wall. It's a it's probably a, maybe a ten square, a ten to twelve square foot roof deck, um, and that's something that we take photos, we take videos of that, and we show those things to our customers when we're in the home or doing a digital presentation, uh, because I think it's important for them to see that. You know, we're training on these things. Our, our staff, um, it, whether it's sales staff or, or our installers, are being trained on this deck so that we can have a better understanding of how these components go together and what's the best way to deliver the best product for our customers. Yeah, that's great. I, you know, it brings me kind of to my next point. I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what you're doing from a sales perspective. And I think you touched on, you know, that that's part of the presentation. But you know, walk me through maybe at a high level what the what your sales process looks like when a you know when a lead comes in to to when it gets in the sales rep's hands and and you know what what they do with it. Uh, yeah, from from a sales perspective, I mean, we really want to um, control much, as much as possible from that first initial call that comes into the office um, to you know us actually running the appointment to actually, us actually signing the contract with the customer, um, controlling that process and making sure that they're feeling that. I'm working with a professional organization. So, you know, calling in, they have someone sitting in an office that is professionally answering the phone, taking down um, information, more information uh, from that potential customer so that we can put together a great plan, you know, for, for that customer on, um, on what they need uh, for, their, for their project. So, you know, our sales process is all focused around um, educating the customer and building trust letting them know who we are, uh, taking them on a virtual tour, you know, of our office and maybe um, showing them different aspects of, of, of our office and our training facility and our showroom that we can, we can show them that we are a professional organization. We're building trust. We are located on, on I-69. You know, all of those things are important um, during our sales process. Yeah, and you, you offer um, roofing, siding, windows. Is there anything else that, that, that you guys offer? Yeah, roofing, siding, windows, and gutters for residential and also commercial properties. And so, how do you how do you go about uh, you know you bring a new sales rep in? Are you are you you know giving them the gauntlet of products to to sell, or what's that what's that process look like of 
of bringing in a new sales rep and getting them acclimated to to Cochrane Exteriors and the products that you sell? Yeah, that's um, you know we have a we have a process all laid out for that uh, when we're bringing on a new a new sales rep. Um, you know that sales rep is mostly learning about first and foremost about Cochrane Exteriors about our back-end systems and processes, about our CRMs, all those types of things. And then we start introducing them to the products that we sell. Um, we start out with roofing um, because that is our you know, primary thing that we sell um, and also um, easier for us to be able to train on to get someone up to speed. And then we move over into uh, vinyl products for siding. From there, once we've conquered that, mastered that, we then would move into... Uh, James Hardy, uh, fiber cement type products, then to windows as well. So we've kind of got it broken out that come in, you get trained, you become an expert at this, and then you graduate and you have another product offering that you're able to sell to to customers. Are the are the reps started out like, um, do they go out and start selling roofing or are they, or do they learn all of these before they actually, you know, get out the door and... and... No, yeah, they'll, they'll go out and, and start selling roofing after they've... Uh, gone through all of our training training courses um, and then they will go out and start selling roofing to begin with make sure that they are mastering that and they're comfortable with that and then they're moving on to uh, bring in another uh, product underneath their belt gotcha and that, and that would that, that progression then it's vinyl uh, vinyl siding and then uh, and then hardy and then and then your window line yes correct awesome and then how do you you know i, I know in the past you you've leveraged uh you know, the, your relationships with manufacturers and, and different technology and that kind of thing to, to help in that training. Is that something you still do? Do you still kind of rely on those partners to, to help in that training? Yeah, uh, we do. Uh, we've built out all of our training ourselves, um, but we will rely on, um, you know, some manufacturers as far as some have better content than others, but we will pull in some of that content into our own training. Um, that we've built out and incorporate that in into um, what the what that rep would go through to be able to sell roofing or to sell vinyl or so on. Yeah, and you, you mentioned earlier about uh, you know controlling the, the the process. What are some other safeguards you put around it to make sure that you do control that process? When we're uh, controlling the process of. From from uh, the time that a lead comes in to the time that you know that they're uh, going through the sales cycle um, to production, how, how do you you know control all that so that there's no you know outside interference? Yeah, so um, with that, I mean, we're we're bringing when a, when the phone rings and someone says, "Hey, I, I need something done at my house if it's roofing related," we're asking a list of questions um, above and beyond what's your name and your address and your email and your phone number. Uh, we're asking other questions, more things, you know, about the home. Uh, we're asking, you know, the best way to get in touch with them. Uh, but we're also uh, letting the, the customer know that our goal uh, through this process is to provide five-star service. You know, so if there's ever any time where you don't feel like you're feeling five-star service, that we're not getting a quote back to you soon enough or communicating or missed a call that we didn't get back to you, this is the number to reach out to. This is the number to call. And we'll make sure that we get that straightened out for you right away. So just so that customer knows from the very beginning that that's our goal. We want to provide five-star service, you know, to that customer. And if, and if we're not doing so, let us know so we can correct it immediately. 
Yeah, that's great. What um, you what what does that look like on uh, from your kind of going back a minute here, but um, from from you know when that lead comes in to, to when it gets to the sales rep's hands, is that just you know an inbound lead uh, that comes in, or or I imagine if it comes in from maybe a website or something, you have somebody reaching out. Uh, but is that is there a qualifying you know stage that's done there, and is it just you know one time setting the lead and then the sales rep runs it? Uh, yeah, I'm, it could be inbound or outbound. We have two different sets of people that are doing both, um, okay. you know, every single day. Um, but yeah, we are, we're qualifying that lead with that person before it goes, you know, out to our sales team, um, making sure it's a qualified, good, good appointment, um, you know, for our rep uh, to go out and, and run. So we've, we've got some systems and checks and balances in there to make sure that that's a set appointment. Yeah. And how do you, how do you navigate the, you know, being in Indianapolis, I know uh, there's some years where there's uh, several storms that roll through and there's other years where it's, where it's kind of dry. How do you, how do you, you know, navigate those waters of, uh, you know, being both uh, a restoration contractor as well as, you know, a a home improvement remodeling contractor? Sure. Um, Yeah. That's something that, uh, you know, we have, really worked from day one on, you know, diversifying the business always. It's something that um, we're always striving to do. We're looking, we're always looking at different, uh, you know, products and services that we can add on um, that are kind of in our wheelhouse to be able to serve our customers and and at the same time diversify the business. So we're, we're constantly looking at that. Um, We view ourselves as, as a, uh, you know, replacement home remodeling contractor, not a storm contractor. But we also have the ability and the tools and the resources and the staff to be able to handle all of those needs when a, when a storm does come, come through, that we're able to capitalize on that and serve you know, our customers um, and get them taken care of throughout that process. So it's, it's, it's um, that we're always ready for a storm, but we don't, we don't ever count on, count on that happening. Yeah, so, so it, when, when that training's going on with the sales team, it's, it's predominantly, you know, you want them versed in in you know how to sell in that i call it like a retail environment um but i I imagine you're also training them on the insurance side of the business as well yes yes we are um we are we are focusing all of our efforts on a uh, retail uh situation um but they're also trained um you know how to to navigate a insurance claim with for a homeowner as well and I'm curious, how do you, how do you, you know, let's say a storm comes through and, and, you know, you've been, your marketing's been geared towards more of that replacement. How do you, how do you flip that switch to now, um, you know, being, uh, presenting yourself as, you know, somebody who can handle these claims up? And I'm, I'm sure you're doing this throughout the year regardless, but how do you kind of make that switch, you know, when the season comes and a storm comes in? Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult, um, you know, because we've got a, you, you have a steady stream of uh, retail customers that are calling in and, you know, wanting that service. And then, um, you know, when a storm hits, I know that uh, we had a storm earlier this year um, in, in April. And the next day we came to the office and, and we had 600 leads in that first day, you know, that <laughs> that the storm wow. hit. Um, so, so it is difficult to be able to, um, you know, navigate that. But I, I think we've done a really good job at, uh, just knowing uh, that we've got game plans in place to be able to uh, serve both customers because both are, are equally as important. And just because we have a storm, we don't want for our retail business to, um, you know, go in a different direction and decrease. 
Um, so we've got some really good plans in place to be able to navigate that and, and serve both of our customers. Um, and I think, I think what um, has really helped us out is years ago, um, we made the decision where I know not a lot of companies are, are set up like this, but our salespeople are salespeople. Um, they're not going out and managing the project the day of the build. You know, so those, those types of things really free them up to concentrate on what they need to be doing and to be able to, to serve more customers and, and get out to more appointments. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because sort of my next uh, question for you is, is more on the production side. So what does that handoff look like from sales to, to production? Yeah, so um, uh, handoff from sales to production. Um, once, that, once that job is sold and contracted, uh, turned in, it's been um, reviewed by our director of construction, um, looking at any kind of construction-related type issues, all those types of things um, from a digital standpoint. And from there, it goes over to production, and our production team, our production staff, completely handles that from then on out. And uh, uh, what do you what what what's your process like for um, for rehash? So if a job isn't closed, you know, does this does a sales rep own that you know own that uh, lead, or does that get passed to somebody else? Um, no, we've got some um, different rehash type programs that we utilize. Um, if the job does not get sold, it still stays with with that sales rep um, because we know we know that buying decisions are are longer. You know, there's the one call close is, is uh, moving far and farther and farther away. Um, and so we want to make sure that um, we're giving that customer enough time to, to do their research, to be educated and to build some trust with them. Um, but we do have some um, rehash programs in place that we can re-engage, um, you know, customers, even if it is a few weeks, a month away from our first initial appointment. Um, because we know people have busy lives as well. You know, people have kids, people are, um, you know, doing a lot of homeschooling, you know, during COVID and all of those types of things. And sometimes uh, life takes over and delays some of those decisions being made. So we, we do a good job at uh, making sure we're always um, re-engaging that customer for when they're ready. Yeah. You know, it's funny when, uh, when we started this podcast, there was some, some thought about, you know, it'd be, it'd be fun to invite uh, two contractors in here, one who was of the mindset of a one call close and another who was in the mindset of a two call, more consultative approach <laughs> and just kind of hear yeah. out, hear them out, you know, both sides and, uh, you know, kind of have a battle, right. Of like <laughs> whose idea reigns supreme. So it's interesting that you say, um, you know, more of a, a, a two call consultative. And, uh, I had, uh, Greta Parami on here, um, gosh, a couple episodes ago and, and she mentioned the same kind of sentiment and, uh, um, you know, with the, uh, sort of demographic, I think shifting a little bit and that mindset of, uh, wanting a little bit more time and, and really, uh, more information and more knowledge. Uh, so it's interesting that that's, that's what you're seeing as well. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing a lot of, you know, educated buyers, um, you know, that are doing a lot of research before they even, you know, give us a call. Um, so we want to help them and, and assist in any uh, different type of questions and what's the best application for their their project and, you know, build our trust, you know, that way on being the, the knowledgeable expert. Yeah. Love to get your uh, your take on uh, financing in the marketplace. Is that, um, I, know, I know that you, you guys offer financing, um, but what's kind of your approach around it and how do you, how do you go about uh, uh, training the sales reps to uh, talk about it? 
Um, yeah, I mean, financing um, is a great option, um, you know, for customers and um, an option that um, a lot of customers need, would like to take advantage of, you know. Um, so we do a lot of training with our sales staff, staff around, you know, financing and knowing those options um, on, you know, what, what best fits that particular client's uh, needs. But it's been a great uh, tool in our, in our tool belt, you know, to be able to um, assist our customers in getting that project done or really bringing, bringing their project to life how they really want it to be, to be completed. Um, and financing is a great tool for us to be able to do that. How have you, uh, and the reason I ask is, you know, I, I heard a stat that it was something like three to 7% of roofing contractors offer financing. Um, and if you flip that around, you know, on the HVAC side and even the window side, uh, it's upwards of 50%, you know, almost close to 60, 70%. And, uh, so I think there's, there's, or from what I've heard, there's, there's a little bit of fear and discomfort in, uh, in offering financing. And maybe it's just a fear of the unknown. It's not something that they're comfortable with. Uh, so I'm glad that, that, that you guys offer that. Uh, you know, how have you seen that, uh, impact the business, if at all? since you started, you know, offering financing? Yeah, I, I think it's been a positive thing. You know, it's, um, it's a tool that, um, brings deals to life, uh, that maybe wouldn't be able to, uh, move forward. Yeah. Um, and it also gives, you know, a lot of, uh, customers the, uh, ability to go for upgrades or, you know, really changing the entire look of their home and those types of things. So, um, it's really been, you know, helpful for, for that and uh, been an important part for, for us to, to grow our business. Um, but, the, you know, I, I think about the HVAC and window companies. There was a time when, when financing was not a big part of either of those types of industries, and right. it's just grown to that. So I see more growth, um, you know, happening in, in the roofing, siding uh, type businesses over the years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's an, it's an important piece and, uh, you know, as a consumer, I know, you know, things that I consume, it's like, here's a monthly payment for a phone. Here's a monthly payment for a car. Here's your, here's your monthly payment yeah. for Netflix, right? Everything's kind of, you know, offered up in, in monthly payment terms. And I think, you know, uh, a, a roof probably is no different, right? Or, or a siding job or a window job. I mean, those are generally some big ticket items that when presented a, a monthly payment option you know, look more uh, you know, appealing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, awesome. I'd love to know, um, you know, I've heard uh, from some contractors, uh, some, some concerns uh, around the supply side of the business. So just curious to see if, you know, what you've heard or what, what you're seeing in the marketplace relative to uh, the supply side and the production side. Oh, gosh. Yeah, the supply side has, <laughs> uh, um, you know, been challenging. All the challenges that we've had, in, in, you know, in 2020 uh, with everything going on, um, that has been a challenge um, and one that's kind of just lingering around um and it's been difficult you know i think that there was you know a lot of decisions made that demand thought that everyone thought that demand was going to go uh, go down and it was going to be very low right um you know and there's a lot of decisions to pull back on you know manufacturing and shut some factories down for you know some time um not seeing that demand was was going to be where it is where it is today so uh playing catch up with all of that you know i think um a lot of decisions are being made just with this is all that we have to uh, produce for the market and that we can sell. Um, and, you know, it's going to be at this price, uh, you know, but I, I definitely see um, that leveling back out 
um, after this season calms down a little bit. Um, going into winter, um, you know, as supply gets built back up, hopefully inventory will be uh, built back up, you know, by spring next year. Uh, so I see, see those things kind of balancing out a little bit more. Um, you know, maybe prices leveling back out to where they were previously, um, and, and products just being more more readily available as well. Yeah. How, how have you gone about addressing that? You touched on it a little bit there, but love to know, like, you know, kind of what, what uh, if there's any specific products or, or you know, not, uh, uh, you know, whether it be a shingle or ice on water shield or, or a piece of siding, you know, how have you been able to address maybe a shortage in those or a price increase? Um, you know, relative to, to you know, communicating that with the sales team and making sure that, uh, you know, you guys are selling and ordering the right material that's available for a job and also setting the right customer expectations, you know, if there's a potential delay. Yeah. Um, you know, with some products, it's, it's worse than others. Um, but, you know, we've been um, evaluating the situation from, from day one and seeing what is the um, worst time constraints and, you know, ordering those types of products and storing them in our facility, um, making sure that uh, we can navigate that for our customers. We don't ever want to be in a place where we can get shingles, but we can't get calf nails or, or something along those lines that would completely delay uh, delay the process. So um, we've been doing that. Um, just And also um, our, our business has been well diversified um, from a lot of different distribution uh, partners. Um, so that's really uh, been helpful as well uh, for us to be able to navigate navigate this. Um, some are positioned well better than others for certain products or certain colors. So it's it's been better. Um, and then our customers, um, the longest lead time we have is a, a particular vinyl product, which is about eight weeks, and that's a that's a long time. Um, you know, it's it's a tough conversation, but people are also understanding of it um it's not just building trades that are being affected by it i mean if people are ordering a dishwasher or appliances or you know a number of other things it's a lot of different industries that that are are being affected by it so people are pretty understanding right now yeah is there anything you're doing to to address that kind of dark time or dark period in between you know when the project's sold to when it's uh you know scheduled to be installed yeah, that's uh, that's very important. I mean, uh, customer communication has been one of our uh, one of our things that um, you know we're always working working on getting better at our internal and external communication. And so um, we touch base with our customers once a week, regardless of you know we are waiting for eight weeks. They're getting eight touches in those eight weeks for that material to get in, um, just so they know that we know. Um, they're waiting and, and we are watching it closely to see when this is going to be able to get in to get their project started. So I think that's important. People just want to be communicated with. They want to know where they're at, where they're at in line, how much more time we have, um, until things get, get in. Yeah. No, that's, that, I'm sure that's really well received from, from your customers. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to find out too, while we're kind of on this, this topic of, uh, effects from, from the pandemic, you know, what's, what's been your take on doing uh, virtual appointments? Have you done them? And, and if you have, do you, do you plan to continue doing them to some extent? Or how do you see that going? Yeah, from, um, from the very start, when everything had, uh, had happened, um, we were positioned very well uh, to be able to run uh, digital appointments. So that was an offering that 
uh, we we turned on basically overnight, uh, just because we all had all the tools and resources in place to be able to do so. Um, we are com- we are completely digital already. All of our documents are already uh, signed digitally uh, for our customers, and and a lot of our content um, for presentations and all that is digital. So we were able to um, you know quickly turn that into an offering for for our customers which um, was great. Uh, I think that we were able to um, service more customers and offer that um, to our clients because of that. And we were able to gain a, gain some market share in our market um, during that, that kind of lag time where everyone was figuring out mm-hmm. how to operate differently through, uh, through the situation. Do you, do you see it uh, continuing into the future? I do. Um, I do for some some certain clients. Um, I think some people like that. Some people have very busy, hectic um, uh, schedules and all that. Um, But I also do see um, the importance of, you know, being, you know, at the home, in the home, really uh, touching, feeling those types of products um, that are going to be used. Um, And because these are big buying decisions, you know, these are these are twenty, thirty thousand uh, dollar type projects that are going to last a lifetime for the customer. You know, so it's it's really important for us as a contractor to take that time to really explain those and to be able to uh, show them, um, and for the customer to understand what what all their options are and be educated on all of those. Yeah, uh, as we we're nearing here the end of this, so I wanted to ask you a couple more questions. Um, you know, what makes Cochrane Exteriors different? You know, how do, how do you set Cochrane Exteriors apart um, in the market? Yeah, so, um, you know, from day one, um, we've always been uh, really big adapters to um, technology. We've um, always pushed on how we can do things, how we can do things better, what tools and resources we can bring, you know, to our customers and also to our clients. Um, and which also just kind of raises that bar of professionalism um, when that customer is going out and getting three quotes. So we've really taken the approach of we want to um, have the customer at the end of the appointment think, wow, this, this is a roofing contractor, a siding contractor that I'm working with. That was so impressive. All of the technology, all of the information, all of the education that I got you know, from this type of an, an appointment um, so that's definitely something that uh, sets us apart. Um, and also just our our company culture um, has been a big thing for, you know, just our customers um, that, that see that and also our, per- our personnel, our employees. Um, that company culture has been uh, really, really important for us to have the foundation that sets us apart from, from our com- competition. That's great. Yeah, you've always been a, a an early adopter of technology, and I certainly think it's it's uh, been a benefit for you and the and the company. Um, last yeah. last question before before I let you go. Uh, you know, you've seen a lot over the last eleven years, and and having you know started this business with your father um, into where you're at today. Uh, I'd love for you to to offer up any advice you have for for you know, contractors that are that are getting started, are looking to scale, or looking to grow. You know, what advice could you give them, uh, you know, maybe a, a lesson you learned or, uh, you know, a stumbling block that, that you had overcome uh, that would be valuable for their, you know, uh, maturation in the in the industry? 
Sure. Um, you know, if I can think back to when we were first starting out and, you know, all the things that, that I was doing and, and uh, the day-to-day tasks and, you know, just, just being overwhelmed and, and working a ton of hours on, um, you know, getting the job done, which you have to do. Uh, but where, where I found where we really started to take off and really started to grow is when, um, you know, we started hiring, hiring the right people and um, having, having the trust in someone that we hired to be able to take on those different tasks. You know, so something that I did early on uh, when I felt so overwhelmed and, you know, how can we grow um, was I, I would take my schedule and I would write out every 15 minutes what I did that day. Um, and really gave me a good idea of what are the what are the things that I'm working on to improve the business, to drive the business, and then what are also the things that are taking up a lot of my time that I should be having, uh, you know, someone else do to help us to grow the organization. So, um, you know, I think that that's something everyone in the construction industry during the middle of the season feels like they are so busy, but really putting it down on a 15-minute increment uh, throughout the day and figuring out what are you really busy doing? Is it things that you could have someone helping you so that you can work on the things that um, are going to be important to, to growing, growing the business. That's great advice. Uh, Really appreciate it, Ross. Thanks for, uh, for joining us. Uh, I don't want to hold you up too much. I know there's a a beautiful lake calling your name, Uh, (laughs) uh, but really appreciate you joining us and uh, offering this advice for everybody. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it too. Awesome. Thanks. Well, that'll do it for today's show. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode of Leaps and Bounds. If you did, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast. We look forward to bringing you more exclusive conversations with some of the most successful home improvement leaders. If you're interested in learning more about Leap, be sure to check us out at leaptodigital.com or follow one of our social channels. Until next time, see you.